Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Lipstick Coffee Jesus. I'm Vanity. And I'm Sean. And we have a wonderful show for you today. Happy Women's History Month. Time to celebrate us. Before we get started, you know what we do. Sean, what are you drinking today? Today is a Southern Belle. I'm drinking Southern Belle today. I was feeling a little peachy. That is just delightful. Well, today I had Earl Loves Vanilla. I was feeling a little, you know, just a little afternoon pick-me-up. Needed a little caffeine. Wanted to add a little flavor to it. So that was what I was doing. So why don't you take it away with our women's history fun fact? So our women's history fun fact. Today we are spotlighting Serena Williams. So Serena Williams was born September the 26th, 1981 in Saginaw, Michigan. Um, She was born to Richard Williams, who was also a tennis coach, and Oracine Price. She is the mother of Alexis Ohanian Jr., and she has won 73 career single titles, 23 doubles titles, and two mixed double titles. This includes 39 Grand Slam titles, 23 single titles, 14 double titles, and two mixed titles. She's a four-time Olympic gym gold medalist. She has won over 90, 92 million in career prize money, more than any other female athlete. And she's 15 months younger than her sister, tennis pro Venus Williams. Kudos to you, Serena Williams. You are outstanding. She is in music videos. She is a a speaker, a platform speaker. She's a pro tennis player, and she's an inspiration to us all. So kudos to you on this Women's History Month, Serena Williams. Not to mention she's also body goals, okay? Yes, Let's she is. just talk about that for a quick second. Serena is definitely body goals. Absolutely. So anyway, we're getting a little off topic. As you can see, it's March. It's Women's History Month. And we are really so excited to celebrate those who have paved the way so that girls like us can follow our dreams and in their footsteps. So to begin this month, we are actually going to start with She Did That. And for those of you who don't know, She Did That is a documentary on Netflix, and it just showcases the lives of some some women Black entrepreneurs. If you have a chance, definitely go and check it out. It's not very long. It's about an hour, and it's definitely something that I feel that every Black entrepreneur or someone who's thinking of having a business should at least watch for some encouragement. All right. So let's talk about some of the themes that we found in the documentary. Again, this is a disclaimer for you. If you have not watched the documentary, then we will have some spoiler alerts. If you don't care, then please continue listening. So themes about what they spoke about. So the Netflix documentary was about how women, Black women to be more specific, have had their entrepreneurial journeys, if you would, how they started their businesses, the the hurdles and the challenges that they have experienced as Black entrepreneurs and some of the tips of the trade that they have given us. So I really, first I want to say that I really enjoyed it. A lot of the information that they gave to me, I have had the opportunity to hear some of it in different sectors and sections, but I will say that I've resonated very heavily with a lot of the things that they have said. One of the things that they spoke about was the superwoman syndrome. You took mine. I was definitely, I wrote it down, superwoman in the cape. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I really resonated with the superwoman syndrome 
And I found myself more heavily in that particular piece than anything else that they said. So uh, for me, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I work a full-time job. I'm in school right now. Uh, I'm currently working two businesses uh, from the ground up. So LCJ, Lipstick Coffee Jesus. I'm also part of the Karawa team for Karawa Royalty. And then also I work part-time at my church and then I'm also heavily in ministry. And so um, a lot of that, it intertwines. My time is heavily accounted for. And in every sector of that I work, whether it be church, whether it be home, whether it be in my business, um, because I work very hard, a lot of the things that I do is consistently recognized. And so when you perform to a high standard at all times, people do what? They expect, expect more out of you. And I'm seeing more often that like I'm having a hard time saying no and trying to meet the standards and meet the expectations of everyone. I would definitely say that the superwoman syndrome is definitely me. I don't necessarily feel the pressure to, I don't know, meet, like compare myself to other people. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't see myself trying to compare myself to other people, but it's like inward, I have heavy and high standards and I want to excel in everything that I do. And because of it, I do see that I spend a lot of my waking hours just running, 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 and I don't make a lot of time for myself. And I definitely saw myself in that particular segment that they were talking about. So for those who can't see, I literally have like cards in front of me because I was when I was watching this, I was almost like a child in school taking notes during a class because there were just so many good tidbits of information from the statistics to the different people and their journeys. I One thing I did appreciate about this documentary is that they had people from different walks of life and in different industries talking about their entrepreneurial journey. It wasn't just one type of person or one type of industry, which goes to show us that it doesn't really matter where you're coming from. There's a space for everyone and who they are. And I thought that was really important from a representation piece. I did really resonate with the superwoman uh, complex, the invisible cape, but because you just talked about that, the other part that really resonated with me, well, there was actually two. The first one being the self-care portion, which kind of ran into the superwoman complex. Yeah. I remember, and I wrote down, it said, if you can't say no to other people, at least say yes to yourself. And to me, that was so, it was so important because I sometimes in the spirit of wanting to help and knowing that I can help, we'll try to help everybody. And we touched on this uh, previous show when we were talking about there's still time. When we were talking about boundaries and balance, I spoke about the need to try and help everybody and in essence, doing too much at once. So the self-care portion I thought was really important. Learning to create those boundaries, learning to say no and mean it. I think that that's really important, especially early on in your business when you're developing your business, because if you don't learn how to say no, you'll forever be trying to chase the fact that you gave somebody a yes. And so I'm learning that now, how to create those boundaries, how to wind down, how to shut things off, how to unplug. And that's been really important for me. And I've noticed personally that I've done much better 
when I don't pressure myself with the burden of telling everyone yes. The other takeaway I got from it that really resonated with me is one of the people said, you don't have to be an expert in your area to get started. For the longest time, I was always under the impression that you had to be perfect at something to perform it. And maybe that's my performing arts background. Maybe that's what was ingrained in me when I was younger. But a lot of my hesitancy to start anything was the fact that I did not feel confident in my skill set and my knowledge base to even have the audacity to try and go out there. So that to me was just a reassurance that you don't have to know everything. The only thing you need to do is take what you have learned and at least have the courage to try. Now, that's not to say put out something that's subpar, but a lot of times I'm learning that I don't need as much as I think I do to start and that what I already possess is enough to make a difference and an impact. For me, I think one of the sobering things that they spoke about was funding when it comes to African-American businesses. Wrote that down too. It's yeah. unfortunate. It's so unfortunate, but it is a reality. And I was, found myself very disgusted by it. It is what it is. We know what day we're living in. We know what time we're living in. We know that unfortunately there's going to be businesses and people who judge us by the color of our skin. And there's nothing that we can do about that. But when it comes to us standing up, as a people and saying, okay, these are the injustices that we are facing. Like, I don't understand why people are so surprised. Like, why, you know, what are they yelling and screaming about? What are they protesting about? You know, I don't understand. They say that they want things to be fair and we give them X, Y, and Z. When it, and the reality of the matter is we are not on a level playing field. And it really upsets me. And I, I was thinking about how right now, um, as you know, we're working about, we're working towards uh, inking a deal. So we are working uh, with a few manufacturers, what have you. And money, of course, is a part of all of this. And you have to have money in order to make money. That's the truth of the matter. I mean, you can start from nothing and make something. But at the end of the day, those who really make money are having to sell money. And so I was thinking about how now we have to go into these, you know, these different boardrooms and these different rooms and ink these deals, knowing that the backing that we currently have is the money in our bank accounts. Whereas if we were Caucasian, then it would be completely different. Like all we have to do is say, hey, here's my idea. This is what I want to do. It doesn't even have to be fully baked. Half of the time now, they're not asking some of these Caucasian businesses for a business plan. They're just like, hey, tell me what you want to do. Let's figure out how we can work this out. And here's a check. And here we are working our grind. And, you know, it's it's really hard. And to see that a lot of these businesses are going through the same thing, it's really disheartening. And even the girl from the lip bar, she said, you know, she went to um, Shark Tank. I remember that. And, you know, she has this fully baked idea. You know, she's making money off of it. You know, it's, she's very strategic in what she's doing. Uh, you know, she has a plan. And the most that they can do is comment, you know, about the color of the product and then the outfits that they're wearing. And to see that people still don't take us seriously when we offer several billions of dollars of revenue and we're still not being taken seriously, that to me is a problem. And one of the things that someone said, she said, 
you know, as an African-American, you have to work two times harder than your Caucasian counterparts. And that's something that my mom has told me for years. She has always said that, always. And I find a problem with that, you know, so we have to work triple as hard in order to be, you know, equal to our mediocre counterparts, because some of them are really mediocre. And this is not a, a race bashing session at all, but it just goes to show you that, you know, systemically we are still fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's essentially what it is. We are some of the smartest people. We can turn, you know, a paper bag into, you know, a six bedroom home. Or hair rollers. Did you uh, roll I mean, your hair with the paper bag? No. Okay, that I'm was just, no. I'm just saying that that's was one never of the, me. <laughs> we did that. I'm sorry. You were talking about being, you know, the yeah, that black woman. Totally but, not what I meant. But I'm just saying that something. Okay, maybe I should have said like we can turn oodles and noodles into like. I'm just uh, saying we have very creative minds. That's engineering on a that's very basic saying. level, and yes. it starts. It starts with things like that, though. Rolling your hair with a straw, you know. We okay, so straws, yes. Straw set. <laughs> I'm but sorry, that's not the baby bag. Anyway, just goes just goes to show you like we have so much ingenuity and it is constantly taken for granted, but it also pushes me even harder. So it's a, a sobering reminder, like, you know, hey, it's gonna be a lot of work and it's gonna be hard, but you can do it. And now that you mentioned that, because I was really saddened by that piece as well. I just want to throw out some statistics because that was the other thing I really liked about this documentary is that they had some data to to substantiate what they were talking about. So now mind you, a lot of these studies and what they did were from a few years ago, but it's pretty much probably still about the same. But they said that the fastest group of women entrepreneurs was Black women. And I still know that to be the case. At the time that they did this study, it was six times the national average. And then as a people, we have $1.2 trillion of spending power as a community. And that's why I'm so passionate about trying to encourage us to circulate our dollars within our own communities, because that's the reason why now all these people have established banks and established businesses because they're just funding themselves. And so we're behind the eight ball, but that doesn't mean that we are unable to establish such a system. And it even went on to say that in 2015, $54 billion was made in Black-owned business revenue. $54 billion. And so we have not only spending power, but our ideas have are able to create substantial wealth. And we have to remember that. It's hard sometimes because we look to other people because they're currently the ones in the position of wealth to try and help us. But we still have to continue to not only work, but then circulate. Because truth be told, if one of us just had a bank, then we could go and go fund ourselves. And that's not to say I'm not a proponent of, oh, we need to become segregated again. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is encourage us to strengthen how the dollar circulates in our community. So even if 
our white counterparts or our shark tanks or our those other venture capitalists can't see the vision that we can then fund ourselves sustainably and be impactful to the world. And that's actually one of the goals of me, myself is to be able to get to a point where we're not only successful business women, but that I can then take the knowledge and the wealth that I've acquired and help somebody else get along and pay it forward because it doesn't make sense for me to just die and say, okay, I was successful without helping somebody push their legacy forward and push their business forward. With that, I think that this is a good time of year to even discuss like the whole tax thing. So as you know, by January 31st, if people did not have their tax returns, they are hollering and screaming about where's my tax returns so they can file their taxes so they can get money back. One, if you're getting money back, you're doing it wrong. Let's start there. That means that you have loaned Uncle Sam money interest-free for the entire year. Uncle Sam will not let you borrow anything interest-free or for free. So what I recommend is get yourself a tax professional. Let them help you play around with your numbers. That way you can take that money that you would normally get at the end of the year and reallocate the money that way it can go into an account. So a savings account or an account that you cannot touch. That way you can continuously see your money grow. That's number one. Number two, if you do receive a tax return, do not go buy furniture. Do not go buy a car. Do not go buy something that is going to require installments or, you know, several payments across the year for something that you may not be able to afford throughout the year. Utilize that money somewhere else. Again, put it in an interest-bearing account and let your money grow. Another thing that I'm going to say that may not necessarily be popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you decide that after you have gotten your tax returns that you want to start a business, You need to make sure that whatever you do, that you're able to continuously be able to fund that business throughout the year. So if all the tax money is taken, that you're still able to function at a level that you're not not needing that money throughout the year, because otherwise your business will fail. And no, none of this stuff was in the Netflix documentary. documentary. Mm -hmm. However, it's information that we need to know because if we have one trillion or over a trillion dollars worth of generation of wealth and we're not using it in our in our particular community, it's because people are not telling us how we're able to utilize it. In addition to that, one of the worst things that could have ever happened were these darn music videos where you see people throwing money at strippers, using, you know, Lambos or what have you. First of all, rented cars, rented jewelry. Rented clothes, all this stuff is rented and it gives people an ideation of something that's not even real. And so you, instead of putting your money into your local uh, milliner or your local um, uh, sewing person or designer or what have you, you're giving all your money to Gucci and Louis Vuitton at the end of the year. We've got to stop. And this is how we're able to continue to circulate our money by investing into our communities. And I'm off my soapbox. 
rant over. <laughs> you you took my tax uh, rant because you know working in accounting, there's just so much that you see. But I will say that financial literacy is so important, and I'm wondering why they don't teach that in schools because if we learn earlier and you start earlier, it's easier to become established when you're older. That's one of the things that I actually regret is not having a good understanding of financial literacy until I jacked up my credit and took out a bunch of student loans and all that stuff. But, you know, you know better, you do better. So it's at this point, it's at there's nothing I can really do except for make better choices going forward. I will also say you were talking about the business piece is be strategic in how you want your business to grow. A lot of times we see businesses and we think in terms of I'm going to get rich. There's a difference between becoming rich and having sustainable wealth. And our mindsets have to go from I just want to be rich to how can I create a legacy of wealth that outlives me? And when you shift your mindset from being rich, which is appearance of things and which is very temporary to creating sustainable wealth for not only yourself, but your community and your generations after you, then you start to live differently. You start to make different decisions. You start to spend your money a little different. And it's funny, everybody wants money, but nobody knows about it. So a lot of people don't know about banking. When you talked about interest, they don't even know what that is. You know what I mean? Like people don't know about daily interest rates and compound interest and interest bearing accounts and the different options you have to with your money. It's just, I want to make money. And then I see people out here living their best life. So I want to spend it. But There's a lot that goes into becoming wealthy, having a wealth consciousness, and that's just, it's a different way of living. And so we can't get so caught up in the hype of what we see on a day-to-day basis, because one takeaway that I definitely took is all these people, one, they made sacrifices. They didn't just have an extra pot of money that they had sitting there and said, oh, I'm going to make and build a business. A lot of these people, they were sometimes unemployed. They used up all their savings. Um, they sacrificed their from their families and their homes to help build their brand. The founder of Carol's Daughter talked about how for a long time, she just had to reinvest in the business. And honestly, that's where we are now, where thankfully we've been able to generate revenue, but that revenue goes right back into building, growing and sustaining the brand. And what you said was so Key, if you are not thinking beyond that tax return or that temporary increase of money, then you're not looking to be to develop something that's sustainable. You have to have a growth plan that goes beyond today, that goes beyond this year, that if something changes, if your market changes, if your audience changes, something like that, that you're able to shift and still become profitable. But once again, that takes discipline, that takes time, it takes patience, and it takes consistency. And those are things that a lot of times we shy away from because we like the instantaneous things. We like the instant fame. We like the the things that come quick with little 
work, but a greater reward. But when you're talking about being a business owner, you have to be strategic. You have to be patient. You have to be disciplined. You have to sometimes deny yourself. And if those things do not come to you naturally, then business and entrepreneurship is not for you. So since we had a really long episode <laughs> last week, what we'll do is we will wrap up um, because I think we get we have given enough nuggets for some of you to go out there, look at this Netflix documentary, and then kind of tell us what you think about it. Um, one thing that I would like to leave everyone with today is support your people. Support your people. It's not always race. Race does have something to do with it. But um, also women, this is Women's History Month. Support the women that are in your life. Women have had a hard way to go and a hard journey, and we've done a lot to get where we are. Um, so support the women in your life. If you see a woman who is struggling in her business, if you have some expertise, share your expertise with her. If you have um, an extra $10 instead of going to Starbucks and you know that she has a coffee company, why don't you support that business instead of Starbucks? Um, instead of running to Oil of Olay or someone else, ooh, hopefully they won't sue us, um, instead of going to them, why not go to your local skincare business and support some of the women who are out here doing the best that they can? Not saying that any of these large corporations are bad or anything like that. However, if we have an opportunity to change the life of someone that we know and someone that we um, interact with directly, then why not utilize that? And I also just wanted to say, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I don't have money. For those of you who are trying to save money or claim you don't have money to invest in these Black businesses, guess what? Encouragement is free. Spreading the word is free. Referring is free. Sharing a post is free. It takes just a little bit of time and effort to hype up what your friends or your community members or your sister, somebody, you know somebody who owns a business or is trying to build a brand or trying to make a foothold in whatever industry it's in. So take note of those people. And when you see somebody who might need something, network, give somebody their information. Once again, share, interact, encourage, pray. Those are all things that take time. They don't take money. And so doing that makes a world of difference. Word of mouth is a real thing. Just the other day we talked, you know, you did you hear about, what is it, the honeypot? Those, the, yes. And when the word got out that because of her target ad talking about encouraging little girls and people thought it was racist and tried to slam the company, it backfired. Her sales doubled in one day simply because people rallied and said, oh no, you're not going to do this to our sister. So just like people rally for her, Rally for your local businesses, rally for your friends, rally for your associates so that all of us win because when they win, the community wins and that's what we need. Well, on that note, we hope that someone is encouraged by what was said today. Again, interact with us on our social media, Lipstick Coffee Jesus 19 on Facebook, Lipstick Coffee Jesus 19 on Instagram and www.lipstickcoffeejesus.com. Additionally, you can buy any of our products, our coffees, and our teas on those websites. Thank you so much, and we're glad that you listened to us again tonight. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.